Thank you to Rocket Money for sponsoring this video. More on them after the reaction. Well, how's it going there, citizens of the Reject Nation? We are here, and it is time for another solo motion picture reaction. I don't know what this this thing is right here. I was trying to do a Jim Carrey impression, but you know, it's been a minute since I've watched some peak Jim, and that's what we're here to rectify today. We're watching The Mask, my friends, and I know what you're thinking. John, how have you not seen The Mask? Great question. I remember kids loving this movie growing up. It's been built up very much over time. We were in a Jim Carrey house growing up. So suffice it to say, I got some gaps to fill in, and uh, you guys are here to help me out with that. Leave a like for going back Back in time for nostalgia for big faces and uh, also don't forget to subscribe hit that notification bell thank you very much to prepper for helping to edit down these highlights it is a tough task and we appreciate them for it also if you want to get the full mask experience alongside me come on over to patreon.com slash the real rejects where you can sync up with your own copy put it in the dvd or the blu-ray and watch along with me we also got a whole bunch of other stuff over there with Reaction highlights and watch alongs included. It's a blast, my friends. And uh, hey, with without further ado, let's unmask this uh, the, the movie. Roll roll the bumper. We're done. He's looking at you, kid. Ah, the kiss. We did it. We got that kiss. <laughs> Where are you going, dude? You're just gonna leave? Oh my god, Jesus Christ. No. Father in heaven, please. Not this guy. <laughs> this guy does not get the mask. Oh, Milo, what the hell? Do like an... Yeah, see? See? It's in you. Just gotta make sure to... Keep it proportional. And what a freeze frame to end on. That was so lovely. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Oh, my friends. Gonna gonna take a minute to drink in the cast right here. But, but we did it. Thank you to Rocket Money for sponsoring this video, a brand that I am happy to be partnered with, thrilled to. It's fortunately one that I have been using for quite a while now prior to ever agreeing to a partnership with them. I was like, that makes for the best kind of synergy promotion because I can actually talk about them from my heart here. Reason being, like many of you guys, uh, like for years, I am constantly downloading all kinds of financial apps that I keep forgetting to use or I don't really find quite as beneficial. Rocket Money has been the one, the only one. I'm not just saying it. it is the only one that I have been able to consistently use, rely on that has been an absolute game changer for me. On a very personal note, running Real Rejects is an absolute privilege. However, you know, like I stress out about taxes and it's the beginning of the year and I'm like, I'm trying to be smarter and get it all done now. I already started like a couple months ago getting things in order. Managing Real Rejects finances while managing my own personal finances has been an ongoing struggle and I'm very big on like efficiency and being organized, but clearly it wasn't as good enough as I uh, I thought I had been. So before Rocket Money came into my life, I was drowning in subscriptions and struggling to keep track of my expenses. And as I really wanted to like get everything in order, Rocket Money came at the right time for me. I was overwhelmed with subscriptions. I didn't even know I 
I had or had still been subscribed to. I mean, do you ever wonder how many subscriptions you actually pay for? Have you ever taken the time to really do it? It can be a little daunting. Rocket Money helped me see what I was missing. And best part, they even canceled those subscriptions for me with just a simple tap. So with Rocket Money, you can have all your subscriptions in one place, making it easy to cancel anything unnecessary without the hassle of dealing with customer service. My, yeah, it's so annoying. Plus, they'll work on getting you refunds and negotiate lower bills, saving you up to 20%. You just snap a pic of your bill and let Rocket Money take care of the rest. Let me just summarize for you really quick what they are. They're a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With over 5 million users and over $500 million in canceled subscriptions, they've already saved members an average of $720 a year. They've helped save me a little bit more than that. Don't waste your hard-earned money on unused subscriptions. Cancel them today at rocketmoney.com slash rejects. That's rocketmoney.com slash rejects. If you've heard other people talk about them, well, use ours. Rocketmoney.com slash rejects. Because if you use that promo code rejects, you unlock special benefits. And yes, using them is also a great way to support the channel. Same time, it's just a great way to support your bank account. Because I cannot stress enough just how much this app has changed the game for me. Take control of your finances with Rocket Money and enjoy financial peace of mind. Oh, guys, hey, first and foremost, before we hop into this review... Uh, why don't you go ahead, leave five stars. If I could, I would have had, uh, you know, my hand stretch out and, you know, do some kind of crazy number five thing. But yeah, if you're listening on Apple and Spotify, uh, leave us your thoughts and opinions, but mostly leave us that rating. Helps us out a lot. And uh, you know what? I got to say, first and foremost, Jim Carrey, Stanley Ipkiss, The Mask in particular, the drips throughout this movie, the costume design was lovely and terrific. And I mean, across the board from, again, just like the the outfits they had Cameron Diaz in, the outfits that they had, the freaking pajamas they had Jim Carrey in, all the different elegant party goers, the criminals, the biker gang, so many great flourishes in terms of uh, wardrobe and aesthetics. And speaking of wardrobe, and it's just if you want to support the channel and uh, rock a fresh and uh, reject nation-y drip, uh, come on over there. It's a great way to support the channel. It's one of our favorites. we got new designs going up quite frequently. I made a bunch of Doctor Who jokes during this. And Doctor Who, we got a Doctor Who-inspired t-shirt. It's one of the best sellers thus far. we got Space Babies of the Galaxy. we got Child Protection Services, the classic ticket. we got a whole bunch of other things that are probably flashing up on screen. But yeah, if you want to... Jump on over there, and uh, I will finish shilling and uh, move on to talking about this movie. It's so cool to finally, yeah, to, to finally fill in. Again, one of the fun things about this whole experience is that, you know, yes, we get to talk about the current things and break those down and kind of, you know, give our thoughts and ideas about them. But it's always a blast, and it feels like continuing, you know, film school in some kind of cultural way when we get to watch one of these classics and... And yeah, this was hilarious. Like this, this really lived up to just the mystique that it has accrued over time, at least for you know my perception of it. Uh, and and you know, going back to especially a comedy, you're always like, how is this going to hold up? by today's standards and just by where I am as a viewer now versus like if I had seen this when I was like, you know, between 10 and 15 or something like that, you know, 
I might have, you know, really had a blast. But actually, this is an example of a movie where, you know, watching it now gave me so much lovely appreciation for the context just as much as just the the direct experience of watching the movie. Because, yeah, I mean, this was really fun and funny and it was really fun to see Jim Carrey in, you know, his heyday, uh, you know, and, and at the height of his comedic, you know, presence in Hollywood before. I think this is like what slightly before or maybe even a good stretch before he was breaking out into more dramatic roles and things like that um but it really just gives you that huge appreciation like I, I i feel like jim carrey wasn't prominent in my house growing up because of just like the overwhelming shtick isk stick ish nature of his whole you know on-screen persona uh and then we might not have had an adam sandler for the broadness but also the cr- the crudeness the crassness and whatnot um and so yeah this was fun because you know i've been able to go back and appreciate you know some of the stuff that i missed from the jim carrey catalog up until now uh and like dumb and dumber was another one of those where i'm like this is a perfect movie for this guy and it's funny that this should be like a comic book thing because we've talked about you know, we did like a batman movie ranking uh a, a couple of years ago and I watched Batman forever for that. And, uh, and Batman forever is an example of one of those that, you know, Jim Carrey is in that, that represents sort of what I, uh, was maybe repelled by or didn't love back in the day, which is that, you know, I know a lot of people love his Riddler. I know this is kind of a hot take, but yeah, I found it mostly just kind of loud and obnoxious and it didn't really f- click in for me. Whereas this is an example of a character, uh, like with a comedian like this, I, I guess for my taste, I like to see something that requires them to fully play a character along with bringing their natural, uh, uh, you know, ness, their shtick, whatever it is. There's a reason. And I know, again, a lot of people don't love this movie, problematic or whatever, like an Adam Sandler movie that I love, that I gravitate towards, like You Don't Mess With the Zohan, because he's a full on character there. And here I feel like this is a great balance of Jim Carrey being you know, the everyman kind of ish guy plus wackiness that you require from, you know, the the more traditional comedic and romantic things that this movie is going for. But yeah, you need somebody who can embody this Looney Tune character. And I don't know much about the mask as a comic or as a strip or anything like that. But from what this is telling me, you know, it's basically a superhero that, you know, has those kinds of powers and aesthetics. It's all slapstick. It's all comedic. It's all very animated and very steeped in the tradition of animation and for me as a viewer that converges on a whole bunch of things that I love and I thought yeah Jim Carrey was absolutely perfectly suited for because again he's got the crazy physicality and the rubber face and all that stuff but I think that one thing that I wouldn't have picked up if I had seen this and and really been able to perceive it back in the day is how that stuff is great and funny and and you know well timed and all that stuff like the comedy is really on but you have to be able to temper that with uh you know the right emotionality when a scene needs to be a little more straight or a little more heartfelt or whatever it might be and like this is an example of a movie where i think he's really good at that and there are other movies you know in his filmog that i have seen that you know adjust the levels on that and maybe play a little more earnest than something like this does um but i was just so dazzled by and swept up by this because yeah the, the whole movie feel, uh, felt like it embodied that sensibility. You know, it had enough, uh, you know, straight shooting. <laughs> a little shooting sound at the end of the credits there to punctuate that. Perfect. 
uh, you know, it knew when to take like the crime scenes seriously, uh, at least enough. And I'm going to pull up the IMDb because, again, this is this is like a movie full of that, guys. Um, but yeah, like this movie knew when to play seriously enough. And I thought all the actors they got, even in smaller roles, like some of the henches, there are these character actors or on the police force, like they all fill out the cast really well. And again, they can all contend with and compete with Jim Carrey and compliment Jim Carrey and provide the proper foils. Peter Rygert, okay, he was the cop. Peter Green was Dorian. I feel like these are you know, uh, uh, faces I would have been, yeah, Richard Jenny used to seeing maybe more, uh, you know, just back in the day or in these, yeah, older, uh, in an older era of movies. Um, oh, okay. This guy's Zed in Pulp Fiction and things like that. Like, yeah, it's like, I, I like that he got to don the mask and, and get a little wacky as well. Um, but that, yeah, yeah. You have this movie that knows appropriately when to play broad and early on when to kind of throw you in to the quirkiness kind of making you wonder like is this a fantasy is this a dream no i guess okay so it establishes the height of its world already and then adds the mask into that you need the right amount of tempering to make a movie like this work and i think that also ties into the message of the movie which is you know it's another one of those classic stories where it's about yeah you get this MacGuffin that brings out a certain aspect of your character uh that you initially think just doesn't exist within you at all it allows you to become a whole new kind of person that has these qualities that maybe you have wished you could possess and then slowly learning no these do exist inside you you just have repressed them and some of them yeah are are urges you need to curb and or quash and you know maybe uh, yeah build out of your approach to living um but some of these things you do do need a little bit more of you know you could stand to be a little bit more forward or expressive or whatever it might be and i'm wondering now if uh, if me myself and irene doesn't have a similar kind of quality but maybe you're like splitting those those aspects up into two different people or something either way you know like there's enough going on that this felt like super appropriate to what it is or at least again the the prospect of a comic strip with this conceit adapted into a motion picture and yeah i really like the effects um you know it is cg you know yeah i think a roger rabbit would be certainly a comparison point here and that dazzles with its blend of 2d with yeah, 2d classic animation drawn animation with live action stuff um but yeah, this had, you know, more of a CGI approach to that, which, you know, at the time, I imagine this was probably pushing the boundaries of what CG can do, which is cool to see. And it's one of those things where, yeah, even if it doesn't look photo real, that's OK. And that probably helps, you know, like the cartoonishness probably helps. Just as a nerd, I would have loved to have seen a couple gags that were in the hand drawn tradition. But uh, again, you know, the blending, it's like I said during the, the reaction, it's like a lot of especially apparent in monster movies and things like that is is you know the combination of physical and visual and makeup effects you know to sell monsters or or action and this movie kind of helped me to to further clarify the idea that slapstick is like the action iteration of comedy you know it's 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 that thing that involves stunts and specific timing and all those things and so yeah this is kind of like a monster movie in a way but with comedy instead so you have this prosthetic makeup that you know helps to enhance the natural uh zaniness of jim carrey's expressions and whatnot and then you have the you know uh, just way in which he is so beautifully able to 
you know, beyond that, yeah, you know, create these punctuated express, uh, you know, emotions and expressions and things. And then, you know, you can take that, you know, further into fantasy with the use of CG and other things. And yeah, this was a movie that required a combination of effects and stuff. And, and, and funny, you know, yeah, the mask should be green. So I can only imagine that that probably just helped the effects as much as it did just, you know, stay true to what I imagine the original design would have been. Um, and yeah, like there's a lot of other comic book movie aspects to this as well that aren't doing it the way it not as much doing it like you would see them today where it's like hey we're paying homage it's like no like there are aspects of this like especially when um the villain gets the mask uh and he's you know basically turning into like the venom version it's like kind of like a dark spider-man peter parker thing and you know tina comes to see him and she's got this whole thing where she is drawn to stanley but she's also drawn to the mask but ultimately it's really the qualities of stanley that she's actually you know responding to um and you know certainly other flourishes and certain tonal things felt like maybe it could have been hearkening to spawn which i haven't seen as a movie but i'm familiar with at least some of the iconography of and it also has that, you know, bit with Loki where they, you know, acknowledge the the myth, you know, obviously Marvel didn't create that, although that's a fun thing reminiscent of other mythology and comics. It does enough, just enough with that Ben Stein character to address that idea of the theme of the masks we put on, the people we aspire to be. And I love that that moment plays out with him basically just actually encouraging him despite the obvious awkwardness of the situation and the fact that he thinks he's a bit deranged he's still like go as both people be yourself but also brings out some of those more assertive qualities that you think you could benefit from and realize that they're both just you and even though yes i mean there is a MacGuffin, there is some sci-fi thing happening here with an actual magic mask you know it's like you didn't have to do that and i feel like a lot of movies nowadays wouldn't weave a theme that way the way that this movie did you know and yeah you know like classic film noir things or things like Dick Tracy, uh, which is another thing I should see at some point. But yeah, there were certainly like film noir crime classic tropes here. You've got the, you know, the uh, what do they call it? The Coco Bongo, uh, Coco Bongo, the, you know, Copacabana style, like, you know, big band club and, you know, your femme fatales and you've got your, you know, journalist who turns out to be like a double cross and, you know, the food chain of crime and the cops and everything. And yeah, this just managed to blend so many things together in such a fun madcap way and to have you know like again a story that matches your requisite comedy for this time period especially where it's just like yeah uh, 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 you know nice guy who's a little bit timid and maybe a bit down on his luck trying to you know uh, improve his life and and you know get the good gig and get the girl and all that other you know basic stuff and uh, and yeah it's got that uh, and it's got you know a bit of a romance but then yeah it's got this whole superhero thing and multiple identities thing without having to get too overwrought with any of those qualities and in a way that yeah lets the imagination and the fun and the wildness shine and you get some of the you know awkward comedy of you know like discovery of of how this thing works and how it you know uh, interacts with regular people and how to you know stifle the the aftermath it's like when he's trying to clean up the apartment when the cops at his door uh you know and uh, sort of learning to harness this force that has you know come into your life and even just the simplicity of the opening of you know you've got this diver and there's almost like a peripheral magic where this diver goes down opens the chest the mask floats out you get the sense that it's something that was put there you know long ago for 
you know, a reason washed away by time. And then, you know, the pipe immediately falls and knocks the dude out. And then, you know, even the way he finds it and, and even those moments that like it, it, I like when movies and I feel like this used to happen more in the past when they'll remind you of things and, and nod to stuff. But again, it's more it's not really taking any kind of break, not that movies d- directly say that, but I think there is more of like, you'll see movies now with a greater sensibility of like, oh, let's leave an applause break here. You know, like they're, they're not doing that. So it's kind of up to you to just catch these things and, and appreciate them or not. Um, but yeah, like I thought it was rich with those things and I really liked the chemistry of Cameron Diaz and I bought uh, Amy Yazbek, uh, you know, the Peggy Brandt, like, you know, even though, again, this isn't the kind of movie where we can spend the utmost amount of time with those characters, the classic tropes help you to identify with who they are. And then, you know, you like uh, Peggy enough and she's charming enough that when that double cross happens, it is a major surprise and you are bummed because at least for me early on, I was like, man, they both seem like kind of kind of great. Like I could see how he would be great with either of them in in one way or another um and so yeah this is an example of a movie that you know it feels more classic because yeah it's doing all the craziness that you would expect and it certainly is a vehicle for a presence like jim carrey um but it seems like a lot of care went into how to shoot this and how to you know bring energy to everything that was going on because sometimes comedies can be shot flat even effects comedies can be shot kind of flat aside from their, you know, set pieces. Whereas this, yeah, just felt like one of those older movies where like every little thing had a joke on it. Everything had color. Even the incidental things had some type of personality. There are a lot of great character actors across the board. And, uh, and yeah, man, like this is great. I had such a blast. I'm so, I, I, as much as, you know, again, people are going to be like, how did you never like, you know, uh, being aware of it for so long, this was about as lovely as I could have hoped for, for finally, paying off this experience and uh and yeah like i cannot wait to watch this again like this is it's yeah the full peak of zany you know sort of overwhelming jim carrey-ness and you can see certainly variations of the kind of movie that would become a jim carrey movie in light of something like this um but yeah man this was just such a blast and i thought it was really well you know, attuned to what it was trying to be. It had just the right amount of tempered dimensionality uh, to, you know, sell all the things it was trying to sell. I don't really know much of, of I feel like this director's name, Chuck Russell, is kind of familiar. Um, but yeah, yeah, just the idea of a Looney Tune hero or not even hero. It's not even a superhero. That's the thing It's like you could be. But it's, yeah, it's all about how you use it. Uh, this guy directed The Scorpion King and Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Okay. Dream Warriors, one of the best ones. Not bad at all. Okay. Um, so, yeah, man, I was really enthralled by this. This was super fun. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else you could say about it. Uh, just firing on all cylinders, lots of craftsmanship and good, you know, visual work on display. And, uh, yeah, a real marriage of every facet of filmmaking and movie magic coming together. So, uh, hey, guys, leave me your thoughts. And, uh, yeah, what else should I check out? What are the Jim Carrey movies? I've seen a handful of his classics, but there's certainly ones I haven't seen and certainly ones where, you know, I would have probably been so young that if I had been in the room for them, I don't remember them now. So, yeah, I'm excited. Like, again, Dumb and Dumber and now this have me very excited to check out more Jim Carrey uh, you know, classics moving on because because, uh, yeah, and especially in the day and age of the comic book movie, this holds up like really well for the most part. And it's not even there aren't a ton of things. It's like even within its own internal logic and it's not a movie that requires you to 
be too anal specific about the internal logic but you're like the rules are fun and fanciful and you can ask questions about them but there's enough of everything and enough thought of everything to I don't know just yeah sell them very nicely and in a time where you know again we are so saturated with this kind of thing albeit not in this tone at all uh, and and as comic book movies try to figure out how to reincorporate humor without making themselves a joke I feel like there's such a stigma from the time in which people just didn't take anything comic book seriously before you proved through a Batman or something that they could be serious uh, yeah I, I feel like now we're in this weird place with comic book humor where you know, you could stand to learn a thing or two from a movie like this. Not that everything has to be slapstick. But anyway, yeah, I, I really appreciated this and I hope you did, too. Uh, so, hey, leave me your thoughts and uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Much love. And uh, hey, before we go, let's do a patron of the day. Shout out. <laughs> Eric Horseman. What's up, buddy? Listen, uh, I just wanted to say if there's anybody, it's a classic John shout out, because if there's anybody at Patreon, I would be thrilled to see Don the Mask and who they turn into under those, you know, circumstances and pretenses. It's you, buddy. I mean, the amount, I feel like you would be like the peak sort of like uh, Tasmanian devil, Pepe Le Pew kind of presence. Very, very, I don't know if you would be a Bugs or a Daffy. See, that's the thing. There's so many possibilities. And uh, yeah, and you're a colorful guy. You've got the rejects to two, which would probably like, come to life. The reel would spin and it would like pop out in 3D and there would be flames. You could use it to light a cigar, cigar at, and then it would explode. Uh, you know, all the possibilities. And then you could, you know, tornado your way out here, sweep us up, take us back to Atlanta and you could show us around. And uh, I just think that that would be a lovely and wonderful experience. So, hey, work on that. Get yourself a voodoo mask, and uh, I'll catch you on the next one. But seriously, here at the start of the year, you know, seeing your name in, in our, you know, master list here, I just the amount of love you have shown us, the amount of time you've dedicated to just, you know, being on this ship with us and being supportive and being lovely. Really, really appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, much love for now. And we'll catch you next time, Eric and everyone else. All right, that's the video. Cheers. <laughs>